Hey guys, it's Morgan here. I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. What's up, guys? I'm joined in the studio right now by my wife and co-host, who's beautiful, Micah Keneally. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me once again. And Micah, would you introduce our guest to the show today. Yes, I would be honored to. Today we are joined for this episode by Pastor Brad Lewis. And Brad has been a college ministry pastor for over 30 years. Yes, I love it. He is the director of a multi-staff campus ministry called Chi Alpha in North Dakota at NDSU and MSU Moorhead. Their movement seats over 600 students each year with over 60 small groups. And the fun part is that Brad, I love this book. So Brad is also an author of the best, one of the best books and my favorite book about small groups. And it is entitled Small Group University. He and his wife, Kay Lewis, are friends of ours. And we really admire them for what a great deal of pioneering through prayer, spiritual guidance, and all the things that God has called them to do. They are so obedient in those 30 years. So Brad, Thank you so much for joining us today. We just want to welcome you to the show, and we hope we can learn something from you today. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be really excited, exciting, and I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I love it. Well, let's start by pointing out, Pastor Brad, that um, NDS, North Dakota, by the way, raises incredible things. My wife is from the province of North Dakota. <laughs> yes. I'm growing. <laughs> I'm from here in Minnesota, Minneapolis, but North Dakota, I'm eternally in debt to for raising up people like my wife. Great things come from North Dakota. And let's point out for a second, NDSU, by the way, just raises up championship football teams. I don't know if our listeners realize this, but there was at least seven national championships for football. And I think there may have been a streak, correct me if I'm wrong, but up to five in a row and Carson Wentz was a part of that great run and also a part of Chi Alpha at NDSU. But tell us about that for a second, NDSU and championships. Well, they are very, very good at football. There's no question about that. And uh, they have a very sustainable uh, long range program. And Carson Wentz was not only a part of a couple of those national championships, but he was a part of Chi Alpha when he was a college student too, as several members of the football team were. And also uh, now Easton Stick, their quarterback that just graduated last spring is with the San Diego Chargers. So there's two quarterbacks from NDSU in the NFL right now. That is so fun. I absolutely love it. And Pastor Brad, I have to share with the audience that I don't even know if you remember this, but there was a SALT conference that was held Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I believe that was the winter of 2012, somewhere around there. And that's where I had first met you and Kay. And I love your guys' heart for relationships and purity for this next generation. And just some background information. I've been praying that, Lord, if I am in the wrong relationship, show me at this SALT conference. And I went to your guys' breakout section and um, everybody wants to talk about it, right? Love, sex, dating, waiting, all of those different things. And there was probably two or 300 of us packed in this little hotel room of those big rooms that we rented out. 
And I remember going in, I'm like, Lord, if it is your will that I'm not supposed to be in this relationship, you need to make that known to my heart by the time I leave here. And you guys are so led by the spirit and you're so in tune. And I don't even know if your wife Kay would remember this, but before you guys even introduced who you were, she looks around the room and she looks, I felt like she like looked right into my soul and she looked me in the eye and she goes, don't just settle. Hey, we're Brad and Kay Lewis. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was for me. But I just want to say thank you for just being who you are in ministry because that literally changed the direction of my life. I was um, called out of that relationship, obviously. I was called into ministry and called into so much more than what I was settling for in that season. So that is my first encounter with you guys was at this breakout session for Assault Conference through Chi Alpha. So that's just how I met you, Pastor Brad. You probably don't remember it because you see thousands of students that you're impacting, but I'm sure that there are many more stories like mine that go back to the name of Jesus Christ, obviously, but also Brad or Kay Lewis. So I just had to say that before we even get started on the questions, because it's such an honor and privilege now to be called into Chi Alpha um, as a married couple, obviously Josiah and I, and to see you guys do it for 30 years. I think that is our heart's desire is, God, we want to be in it for a lifetime. And as long as you'll have us, Lord, in this position, we will stay there. We will do it. So I just had to say that we really admire you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I do remember that particular meeting in Sioux Falls, but I can't say I remember you personally, Micah. Okay. But there were thousands there was, of us or hundreds of us. <laughs> yes, there were. There was a big group there that day. So anyway, uh, it is just so much fun to be able to look back and reminisce a little bit about what God's done and what God's done with our ministry. And I, I, I do include my wife also because she's just a huge part of what takes place and uh, just excited to uh, spend some time with you this afternoon. Amazing. Amazing. And Pastor Brad, Will you share your story about how Jesus found you and what your journey of 30 plus years now in campus ministry has looked like? Well, I was born and raised in a Christian family. And so I, uh, I was probably eight years old before I realized that there were some people that didn't go to church on Sunday. I just thought that that's the way life was. And uh, just wonderful parents, godly home. And uh, by the time I was a teenager, I came to the realization that my relationship with Jesus needed to be personal. And so uh, made him Lord of my life when I was 17 years old. And then uh, went on to college. And the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college, uh, in my uncle's backyard in Denver, Colorado, I know that I know that I know that I know that I was called into full-time ministry at that point. Now, before I actually got my first paycheck for being in ministry was 10 years later, wow. but uh, ended up finishing up an undergraduate and a master's degree and went into the marketplace for a number of years, but also had been preparing for ministry with uh, correspondence coursework uh, through the global university courses. 
and did do some volunteer youth pastoring for a period of about four years during that time, but had always gone uh, to the church that I go to right now. It's Northview Church here in Fargo. It was formerly known as First Assembly. And uh, the youth pastor resigned in July of 1988. And I applied for the job. And within a month, the college pastor also resigned. Wow. And so when I was hired, I got both jobs. <laughs> and I, I literally worked five nights a week and didn't have a life, but I didn't really care at that point. And like I said, I was approximately 29 years old at the time. And so that's really how things got started with Chi Alpha. And I didn't have both jobs for very long because God was really good and numbers grew and the church uh, hired a youth pastor and I went straight with college students at that point. And so that's really been going on. This is the beginning of my 32nd year on campus this fall. Wow, Pastor Brad, you're somebody that my path crossed with. I had just started in my role. Um, I was on staff at Cedar Valley Church, and we had a young adult ministry that we were pioneering there. And our executive pastor was a good friend of yours at the time. And he, he handed me a book. He's like, go read this. So I read Small Group University. It had just gotten published. And then we bought a bunch of copies for all of our young adult leadership team. And in fact, every year ever since, we would buy probably, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 copies, however many small group leaders mm -hmm. and co-leaders we had, we'd resource them with this book, Small Group University, and just go through it to train and raise up leaders. And we've now been using it. And in fact, we often recommend other leaders, pastors of other ministries, go buy 20 or 25 copies <laughs> of this book and, and take it. So tell us about Small Group University. It's been a game-changing resource. And tell us what makes a great small group leader and what components are factors of a dynamic small group? Well, Small Group University is kind of the compilation of everything that I've learned about discipleship and, and small groups over the years. And, you know, I'd always sat around and, and used the phrase very loosely that I really need to write a book or several someday. And finally, one of my staff members one day said, Brad, I have blocked out the first weekend of June that particular year for a bunch of us to get together in a very private cabin and get your book done. Oh, done <laughs> and I... Amazing. Well, you know, this was several months ahead of that. And okay. I thought, you know, it's time to quit fooling around and, and actually get this done. And so, you know, it had already been laid, laid out in outline form and in notes and different things that I'd been teaching. And so uh, I actually hurried up and, and got things put together and we got the book out. It is, if I may say, available on Amazon, of and, and it's also available in Spanish. So it's available in English or Spanish Glory. on Amazon. Oh, so. Which means praise God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it does. And uh, so anyway, we, uh, 
we wanted the resource to be available in, in Central America and Latin America in general. And so uh, it is available in Spanish. But anyway, when it comes down to what makes a good small group leader, first of all, you've got to understand Jesus' ministry because Jesus was the ultimate small group leader. And the Bible tells us that when he was calling the 12, he did it for three reasons. And two of the reasons were to preach the gospel and to cast out demons, which in maybe a more broad sense was do the supernatural. So preach and do the supernatural. But the first reason listed, the Bible says, so that he could be with them. And I think the real key to being a good small group leader is, are you willing to do life with people? And 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, and 8 is my theme verse. I've always said I'm going to have these two verses engraved on my gravestone. And it's also on a page in my book. And, and those verses say, but we prove to be gentle among you as gentle as a nursing mother caring for her child. Having a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. And see, I think where a lot of people really miss it is they're willing to impart the gospel to people. Mm. But the second half of that, and just as important a half of that, is imparting their life. And see, Jesus' real secret sauce, if there was such a thing, is that he did life with the 12. And people fail to realize how important it really was that they got to just hang out with him for a period of approximately three years. So um, I think that a good small group leader realizes that people aren't projects, they're potential best friends. Amazing. And there is no such thing as having too many friends. And it's really important to be vulnerable and authentic with people. And so I think if you have that mindset going in, you're going to be a good small group leader. That's so good. So if somebody's wanting to start a small group, what is the best way for them to go about that? A personal invite based off a of friendship. And, and again, you don't want to be conveying to people that you just want them to come to your small group. You want to convey that you want to be their friend. So I think that if you can build a relationship with people first and then invite them to your small group there's a much better chance they'll come and that executive uh, pastor Josiah that handed you the first book I happen to know that he sets his fire pit out at the end of his driveway yes. and builds relationships with people yep. walking by with their dog and eventually invites those people into small groups in his home and that's very, very, very good technique. Well, Pastor Brad, you, you said something um, in a conference setting where you were sharing with hundreds of college pastors this past year, and you said something that I'll never forget because it resonates so much with my soul, 
the heartbeat that Micah and I have. And you said, I might meet the newest, most best friend, the closest friend that I've ever met. I might meet them next week. I might meet them tomorrow or the day after that or next month. And you've just modeled availability of like, hey, I'm always looking for new friends and new relationships. And um, you and I are in different states. You and I are um, different ages and different experience levels. But I remember Pastor Jerry Stranquist starting out in ministry under his leadership. And he said, Josiah, you know what you need to do is you need to become kind of like a sociologist. Go figure out what in the world this guy Brad Lewis is doing at NDSU because there's 600 college students, there's 60 to 100 small groups. And I'd understand if it was just one year and they had Carson once there and yada, yada, but it's year after year. And so it's fun to see that you've opened availability and friendship to not only Mike and I, but just a lot of our friends, other young ministers. And part of how you've done it is I think even looking for star leaders is something you write about in the book. And so will you tell us what is a star leader and how can we, maybe in our own lives, maybe somebody's trying to start a small group, start a college ministry, start a young adult ministry. What is a star leader and what should we look for in teammates, potential best friends who we can do ministry alongside? Well, a star, of course, is an acronym and it's a chapter in my book. And S stands for spirit-led, T stands for teachable, A stands for available, and R stands for reliable. And when I think about spirit-led, um, there is just way too much ministry in our nation done in the power of our own strength. Wow. where we're just sitting there trying to be creative and think of the latest thing and, and worse yet, uh, running off to visit some other ministry so we can copy what they're doing. When in reality, um, Jesus said in the end of verse five of John chapter 15, that without me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. And I really think the beginning point of being spirit-led is realizing that our flesh is of no value at all and that we can do absolutely nothing in our own strength and that we have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. I think that's very important. And then, of course, uh, teachable. Uh, having a teachable spirit is a wonderful thing. And again, uh, people that are going to be small group leaders need to be teachable. And you never get to the point in life where you stop learning. Right. I okay. learn something absolutely significant about ministry every single year. And I've been in the ministry for 35 years now, but every single year I can say, hey, I learned something that helped me so much every single year. And of course, the availability. I really do wake up every morning with the idea that I might meet the best friend I'll ever have today. Mm -hmm. and, and there's no such thing as too many friends. And it goes beyond friendship. Are you willing to make people family? I believe that there was a real family feel 
amongst Jesus and his disciples. And I think, you know, if you just treat people like you treat your family, uh, there's going to be a wonderful environment in your ministry. And then, of course, for me, the word reliable has the connotation of loyal. And one of the things that I value in my friends and, and in people that work for me more than anything is loyalty. And I can't imagine how difficult it was for Jesus to watch Judas Iscariot erode. Mm -hmm. That had to be wow. one of the most heart-wrenching things ever when he poured his whole life into Judas and then to have Judas just slip away and erode away in his heart. That had, had to be a horrible thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Pastor Brad, we know that you're, you are a star leader yourself. You were raising star leaders that are spirit-led, teachable, available, and also reliable. And in that process of, you know, constantly learning and seeking God's counsel, for the listener, we, they may be a lead pastor, they may be a young adult pastor, maybe they're on a college campus or university. What, is, what would you say is one of the best ways to accomplish a vision for reaching your campus or maybe even your community of young adults within a local church? Um, what have you been able to do or what have you been able to see God do or download in your heart in the past 32 years of ministry? Well, I'm going to use um, some, some words here that are probably frequently used, but you make disciples that make disciples. It's about multiplication. Yeah. And uh, that is exactly what Jesus' method was. Um, he put all his eggs in one basket, and that is that these 12 men are going to be able to carry on what I've started and not only carry it on, but multiply it and grow it and take it all over the world. And so it, 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 it isn't enough to make disciples. You got to make disciples that know how to make disciples. That's something that's very important. And in reality, a small group shouldn't be something that stays together for the next 13 years and has potlucks every other month. A small group is something that's together for a while so that the leader can raise up leaders that will go out and start their own small groups and raise up leaders and go out and start their own small groups. So really, uh, the lifespan of a small group may be a year or two at most because that's all the time you really need to raise up leaders that are going to raise up leaders. Yeah, I think that's super fun to look at. And even in the Bible, it says to go and make disciples, like go and multiply. It doesn't say go and divide. And sometimes when you get familiar, you're in your small group and there is that multiplication happening or the disintegration of the group happening. So, you know, maybe you have a small group of six, they should all be going out and starting a small group. So, how that multiplies, I think, can just be beautiful and how to raise up those star leaders in those groups for one year, like you said, maybe two years max. And then obviously you're still connected to the heart of Christ. You're still connected with each other, but you're doing what God has commissioned and told us to do. That's going to outlive any of us on a campus, hopefully, and just multiply um, year after year, decade after decade and calling after calling. So this is what comes to my mind. 
I love the the words that you both have intentionally chosen, uh, Micah and Brad, of multiplication, not division. And, you know, the kingdom of God is always advancing and growing. And so I love those words, even to teach students, to teach leaders, to teach pastors that, hey, we never say this is, group is going to divide and or split. No, this group is going to be on mission and it's going to multiply. And so, Pastor Brad, will you talk about specifically this year, you know, you have at least 60 small group leaders and 60 co-leaders, and some years that's been more, some years that's been less, but talk about how in the world do you lead a team of small group leaders and co-leaders to multiply your, your own leadership here on earth? Well, obviously, we, we do have a training weekend to start them off. And because it's in the context of college, uh, training is in the spring. And then over the summer, we do make some assigned reading. We ask leaders to read a couple of books. And actually, uh, Chi Alpha has some podcasts for them to listen to, uh, some very, very helpful podcasts. And so we assign some reading and some podcasts to listen to just to keep the idea that I'm going to be leading a small group this fall when I get back to college very much in their minds. And then during the school year, on a once a month basis, we actually have small group for small group leaders. And our leadership team, uh, for instance, I have six guys under me. Uh, the other people that work for me or volunteer with me have five or six leaders under them. And so once a month, we come together and have small group for small group leaders. And, and of course, we're available for one-on-ones and, and for fun activities. But that's the basic structure of what keeps our group sharp and keeps them together. I love that you guys go into the summer months, like this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do as a group. This is how we're going to do it. I love that you're always casting vision. You're always taking people somewhere. You're leading people somewhere and they know and they have something to look forward to in the fall saying, hey, when campus starts or when I'm on campus this fall, I'll be leading a group, you know, because they've had those connections with you and they've been, you know, developed somewhat in those three, four months of summer. And you're a very busy individual pastor. Um, so your, your discipleship yet, you know, still is continuing to build. Your ministry is growing. And in fact, we've heard about the legend of the cry couch in your office, and you mentioned one-on-ones. So what is what does a one-on-one look like? And what is the legend of the cry couch? Do you want to share that? Well, <laughs> well the, question, so I put that on him. <laughs> the students actually affectionately call the couch in my office the crying couch, and it's Probably because they've all uh, cried on it once or twice, <laughs> but, but that's that that's up to the Holy Spirit. That's not me right. that's making them cry. So, but uh, all, all kidding aside, I think it's really important. In uh, you know, when I have my first one-on-one -on -one with a student. Um, I bring them in, and it's really for the purpose of getting to know them. And so I, I simply say to them, uh, 
since we don't know each other, why don't you tell me your life story? Uh, you were born. We'll start there. <laughs> and of course, they have a tendency to want to take you on the geographic tour of their life. Well, when we were in second grade, we moved to Sleepy Eye or something <laughs> like that. But, but um, in reality, when you sit and listen to someone share their life, in most cases, there's a point where they share more than their life. They start to share their heart with you. And, and really, it really conveys love and care when you're willing to listen to people and to ask questions to uh, bring them uh, out of their shell and begin to identify some things in their life. And generally, before uh, we're done meeting, I get to share my life story. And so two people that were uh, complete strangers an hour earlier when, when the conversation comes to an end are good friends and really friends forever. And that comes from, again, coming to that place of being vulnerable with each other and sharing our hearts with each other. And uh, it, it, it's simple, but it's been effective in our ministry to really understand how important it is to get together with people individually. And then, of course, as needs come up in people's lives, as students need advice and stuff, we... Uh, we get together when they need to. That's good. That's, that's amazing. I, I've heard so many um, young people who are now in full-time ministry who've spent time one-on-one -on -one with you. I've been one of the people who's gleaned um, wisdom from just getting to know you, having a friendship, and also asking you questions. Um, a lot like this, just not recorded. And um, <laughs> One of the things, Pastor Brad, that I've learned through you is one of the hallmarks of your ministry at Chi Alpha is the presence of God, and it should be for all of us, um, but also students receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, receiving a, a prayer language. And um, I, I know one time you said something like, well, 32 years ago, I uh, started praying a lot. I started giving a lot of hugs, and I started using my prayer language. And so talk with us, if you will, about the presence of God and um, prayer language and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, I think it's very important when we're doing ministry to really keep an eye on Jesus. And the last, you know, if I knew the day that I was going to die, say I was going to die at six o'clock tonight, you better believe that I would gather my family and my closest friends around me. And I would be saying some of the most important things I've ever said to them because, you know, it would be my last chance to impart uh, something that would leave a legacy there. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, he basically told his disciples, uh, and this is gospel according to Brad, but this is essentially what Acts 1-4 says. Don't even think about starting your public ministry until you've received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's essentially what those verses say. And the purpose of that is power in verse 8 to be effective in ministry. 
And of course, we see throughout the book of Acts when people are receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit that they uh, receive the devotional use of tongues. And uh, that's a valuable, valuable tool in your tool chest for accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish. Because when I pray in a known language, I pray what I know, but when I pray in the Spirit, I'm connecting with and responding to what the Holy Spirit's giving me. And I've never, you know, I have never been one to minimize or downplay or step away from the Holy Spirit or spiritual gifts. And I just can't imagine doing ministry without feeling directed and led by the Holy Spirit's power. And that's what Jesus told his original uh, disciples to do. So why wouldn't that be good enough for me? Right. Yeah, Pastor Brad, I, I think that's so, so pivotal of looking at the model of Jesus for small groups. He's your model and, and he should be our model. Like, hey, he did small groups, so we should do life with our friends. And, um, you know, he promised the advocate of the Holy Spirit. He promised boldness to be a witness for his kingdom. And we want to lean into the Holy Spirit for a second because the latest research that Barna Group just did, they released it this week. It says that one third of young adults ages 18 to 35 do not know that someone loves them and cares for them. Um, I'm sorry, two thirds do not know. One third, so one out of three young adults know that someone cares for them, meaning two thirds, 66 and a third percent um, of people don't realize that they're loved, that they're cared for, and yet the Holy Spirit cares for us, Jesus cares for us, and as pastoral leaders, we care about students, you care about students, you lead them well, you listen. So how can we practically develop a pastoral heart for those that we lead? Well, I think there's a very easy answer to that question. And that is to ask God to show us his heart for people. We, the love that we have, the heart that we have is a natural love and a natural heart. And that's just not enough. But when we begin to ask God to show us his heart mm -hmm. and so that we can be a vessel that he pours his love through, then we're going to have a remarkable opportunity to minister to people. And again, I just keep going back to, I don't have much to offer in my own strength. In fact, I don't have anything to offer. But as I allow the Lord to pour through me and love people through me, that's going to make a huge difference. So I think we really need to ask God to show us his heart for people. We absolutely love that. Pastor Brad, we love getting to know you. Uh, we love the fact that you are so passionate about the Holy Spirit and being led by the Holy Spirit. Like you said, that there are many individuals who are leading out of their own strength and not leading and pressing into what God is calling them to do or how he's calling them to do that. And I think we've all been there one or two times or several times where we find ourselves recognizing, apart from you, I can do nothing. God, how 
this dream is too big. This project is too big. This is overwhelming. And to invite the Holy Spirit into our leadership so we are able to understand how to lead ourselves and be led by the Holy Spirit as we grow and as we develop as, as pastors, as leaders, as volunteers, as lead pastors, whatever your position is um, to you as the listener, we just want to encourage you to press into the Holy yeah. Spirit yeah. and press into the word of God and the will of God will be revealed. Um, and this is where we want to kind of press into you, Brad. We have five minutes left. This is the part of our segment where we take five in five. So we have five questions in five minutes. So are you ready for question number one? I am, and I'll have to talk fast. Right? Okay, you talk fast. <laughs> what has surprised you about college students and young adults and the next generation the most? To be honest, nothing. But I will say this. I, I'll tell you what probably amazes me the most is the degree of biblical illiteracy that we're starting to see. People just don't know who Daniel in the lion's den was. They don't know who Balaam and Balak are, you know. Uh, it's tragic to see the lack of biblical literacy in, in young adults today. Well, and it's, it's spot on because the latest research, again, just shows among millennials, less than 25% of millennials are biblically literate. And among Generation Z, who's the now college students, um, is, is less than 4% are biblically literate, meaning 96% of people are biblically illiterate in this day and age and generation. And so that provides a tremendous charge for us as ministry leaders our work is cut out for us, but we have the Holy Spirit. And so, Pastor Brad, what's been your favorite event you've ever done and why? You know, it's, it's not a single event, but it's a group of events. I would say our fall retreats. Um, one of the things that I really believe the Lord showed me how to do is put on a good weekend retreat. And some of my absolute favorite times have been at our Chi Alpha Fall retreats. We love that. And we know that at retreat and on retreat, there seems to be a lot of life change. So would you be willing to share one of your favorite stories that you've been able to witness or be a part of that life change for a student? Well, you know, this didn't necessarily happen at a retreat. And, you know, I, as I sat through and thought about this a little bit, I'm going to tell you one real quick story. Um, there was a student many, many years ago that really was kind of out on the edge uh, of our Chi Alpha ministry. I'd, I'd known this young man since he was in high school but just weren't seeing him very much at the Chi Alpha meetings. And one day I was sitting at my desk in my office and all of a sudden he just went through my mind. And when that happens, that's usually God speaking to me to say, hey, Brad, you really need to get on this thing. And that was back in the days before there were locks on dormitory doors and all those things. So I actually, <laughs> I actually drove out to campus that morning. It was about 11 o'clock. And I knocked on his dorm room door. And when he came to the door, it was very obvious that he was just getting out of bed at that point. 
And the thing that I said is I just said, and I'll, I'll make a name up for him. We'll call him Joe. Joe, I, I just came by to say that God really loves you. And uh, I appreciate you and hope you have a great day and left because obviously he wasn't, uh, you know, at a place to chit chat for a while. So fast forward six or seven years, he was running a Chi Alpha ministry in a different state than North Dakota. And a bunch of students from my group that were from the state that he was from were with me. And we ran into him in the hotel hallway and uh, just introduced everybody and said, hey, you know, you guys are all from the same state. And he said, well, let me tell you a little story about Pastor Brad. He said, when I was in college, I was away from God. And one Saturday night, I got drunk. And he said, I woke up on Tuesday morning. Wow. Oh, my word. And he said, it was about 10 o'clock in the morning, and I was laying in my bed. And he said, I was so sick of even being alive Mm. that I told God, God, you've got 24 hours to prove to me that you love me. And he said, one hour later, you knocked on my door and said, Joe, God loves you. And so I thought that was just one of the coolest uh, stories of life change where I had no idea till six or seven years later of what a divine appointment I was really on. I was just kind of fishing around in the dark, knowing that I needed to go see him, but not really knowing what to say. So I just thought I'd share that story with you. Beautiful story and a story of life change unquestionably from doubting God and doubting about life to recognizing the manifest presence of God and the omnipresence of God in his life of saying, wow, God is real and he does love me. And so we never know. We never know when we take a step of obedience, when the Holy Spirit whispers something, we could even get it wrong sometimes, but we'd rather always err on the side of obedience to what God's asking us. And so, Pastor Brad, would you also be willing to, this is, by the way, one of our favorite questions to ask guests, um, would you be willing to tell us one of the most epic failures you've ever experienced in ministry, if you've had any? To be honest with you, I haven't had an epic failure, but I do have a really funny story that would go (laughs) along with this question. Uh, Back 30 plus years ago, when I was a youth pastor, I took the youth group for a spring retreat to the Minnesota campgrounds at Alexandria. And if you guys remember the old Lakeview Center there, On the bottom floor, the rooms on one side of the building, the windows opened up to the roof of the cafeteria, Mm -hmm. and it was a flat roof. And so what I had decided to do was put the senior hires up on second floor, put a chaperone at the top of both steps, and I knew that I had them sealed in for the night. (laughs) And then had the junior hires on first floor thinking that if I just kept people uh, in the lobby, we could keep them in their rooms and get them to sleep. But the thing I hadn't thought of is I'd put the boys on the cafeteria side and we're just about to get settled down. And the Lord reminds me, Brad, those guys are going to crawl out on the roof on you. 
And I thought, oh, they sure are. And so I actually went out on the roof. Well, I wasn't out there 10, 15 minutes and windows started to open and junior <laughs> high boys started climbing out the window. And of course, when they saw me, they climbed right back in. But unfortunately, I had to be out on the roof till about three in the morning that day to get everybody asleep. So I had a big fly in my ointment as far as my plan to keep people in their rooms that night. <laughs> A never-ending battle. <laughs> never-ending battle. Oh my gosh, we love it. Well, we have the very last question for you, Pastor Brad. And if you could tell a group of college pastors and young adult minister, ministry leaders one thing, what would you leave them with today? Um, you know, just to be all in for the Holy Spirit. You know, I... Uh, you know, I decided many years ago that I wanted to host the Holy Spirit and try to stay out of the way. And, uh, you know, that is a thought that probably needs more development than what we have time for. But uh, again, to realize that we can't change people, only God can change people. That is a terrific revelation to come to. And that's the one thing that I would like to say. And again, just be reminded of the fact that without Jesus, we can do nothing. That's right. That's simply amazing. And, you know, in season two, as we record these, every single leader that we've talked to has brought up, and I hope you listeners are, are realizing this, every single person has brought up John 15, abiding in Jesus. And apart from him, we can do nothing. But when we abide in him, there will be fruit and it will remain. So there's, that's a great place to start as a leader, to lead yourself well by abiding in Jesus, our leader, the Jesus movement leader. And the second thing is, I think a lot of people that have been replying to us and interacting with about, about young adults today is that a lot of people are starting new ministries. A lot of people are trying to take their ministries to young adults and college students to the next level. And we believe, believe that this episode is going to be a prophetic episode led by the right. Holy Spirit to give you some next steps that a lot of people will be able to jump into a new ministry through the ministry of small groups. And a great place to start, if you don't know where to start, is abiding in Jesus and starting a small group. And as you go from there, God will download the Holy Spirit to, to contextualize what the needs of your community are and to allow us to go to the next level. So Pastor Brad, Micah, thank you guys both so much. You want Can to I say one more thing? Yeah. Of course. D discipleship is never in the context of curriculum. It's always in the context of relationship. And that's really what we've been talking about today. So good. Well, amazing. And Pastor Brad, thank you once again for just spending time with us and our audience. Listeners, you can find out more about Pastor Brad Lewis, the resource of Small Group University and MBSU Chi Alpha when you connect with us on our website, youngadults.today, as well as on social media across all platforms at youngadults.today. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.